0: Anyway, so the thing that I get that I want to emphasize here is that how handlebars should look on a bike is completely arbitrary. If if every single road bike got sold with aero bars and that was just standard equipment for road bikes, no one would think that aero bars are ugly because that... That's what they're used to. It's kind of like when 29ers came into mountain biking and everybody was like, oh, 29ers look so ugly. And now if you see a 26 inch wheeled bike, you're like, is that a kid's bike?
1: Yo, is this thing on? (laughs) Haha, yes it is. What is up, party people? Welcome to the newest, freshest, and hottest cycling podcast to drop onto the scene, hosted by yours truly. My name is Adam Saban. I'm a self-proclaimed pro-elite, semi-pro, wannabe pro, whatever you want to call it, off-road cyclist based out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Each week, I'll be joined by my good friends and fellow pro-elite, semi-pro, you know, whatever, cyclist Scott McGill of Falston, Maryland, as well as YouTube sensation Dylan Johnson out of Brevard, North Carolina. Together, we are the Bonk Bros and we'll be getting together each week to shoot the breeze on all the latest happenings in the world of bike racing. We'll focus mostly on domestic scene where each of us find ourselves racing on the reg, but we aren't afraid to talk some international beef if that's what comes up. Alright, enough of this intro stuff, let's get this Bonk Bros party started.
2: Do we have like a list of topics for this, or are we just going for it?
0: The list of topics is Unbound. I, I could literally talk about Unbound for probably 10 hours, and I already have Tanina in the car. She's probably
1: tired of hearing me talk about it. <laughs> All right, Unbound it is. I didn't even know there were any other bike races going on last weekend. Were there?
0: Yeah. I think there was some race called like the Armed Forces Classic or something <laughs> that no one attended, but...
2: Oh, is that why Scott won? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like the most hotly contested crit of the year so far. There you go. <laughs> but I didn't right. Well, Scott, I let,
1: fourth, let's fourth let's voice. start with you. Let's let's start with armed forces real quick, so that'll only take like five minutes. <laughs> Unbound's All a right. big one. All right.
2: What is so the you arm, want to like armed a recap forces? Recap or something? Yeah, I mean, what is so it? So you, you
1: what got what? You get
0: fourth and third, and then you won the Omnium. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I got fourth and fourth. And how okay. they do the points is like, it's just how what you're placing is and the lowest score wins. So I had eight points. Nice. Where the guy who got second got like nine points because he got second the first day and then seventh. So it's like this race, it's like the last hard crit in America. But, uh, at least Sick. Sunday. It's it's a one, 1K one course and with five turns and it's 100 laps. Mm. 100k yeah so that means there's 500 corners so and they're like
0: what how fast did you guys complete 100k uh
2: maybe two hours and like 13 minutes or something
0: oh that's smoking it
2: (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad for 500 turns too that were and like you know three of them are you're like jumping pretty hard out of them like yeah yeah pretty hard sprints dude that's like the nascar of cycling yeah apparently this is how all all the crits used to be it was like Hmm. 100k but now they're all like 60 minutes and too easy but this one actually like splits up so So it's just
1: do they pull riders and stuff
2: huh they pull riders once you get shot off the back oh yeah yeah i I mean a k is not that long it was like 120 starters and maybe like 50 finishers.
0: Wow. So are you going to win crit nationals this year or what?
2: I'm going to do it.
0: I mean, you're not going to crash anyone out this year.
1: I didn't crash anyone out, but No. <laughs> cool.
2: No, Scott. So, well, I'm, ru- okay, so I'm rooting for we, you. So we
1: were talking about this on, on the other podcast, the matchbox. Um, so there's amateur road nationals, and then there's professional road nationals. But the amateurs can compete in the pro nats. Are you doing
2: both? Yeah, because yeah, like, I can't. I don't, under- do both. I,
1: I don't even understand necessarily. Like, what's what's the distinction between the two? Why why is there? Why, like, why are there some? Many-
2: yeah, is for pros, obviously. But since there's not enough like registered pro teams, registered American pros, they let amateurs do the mm. race to like fill in the field basically. But what's the criteria to meet the pro status? Uh, you have to have a pro. Your team has to be either continental pro continental, or like they're called a pro team now or world tour. Mm. So the team I'm on wildlife generation is So it just depends on what team you're on. Yeah, pretty much. So like when you get a pro license on the road, you you can't just earn a pro license like through upgrading like you can with a cat 1 license or like a pro license for mountain biking. You have to join a pro team. Okay.
1: So yeah, that's what I wasn't sh- like a, it that's what I didn't understand. So so you could theoretically like be on an amateur team one year, then a pro team the next year, then like go back to an amateur team and just kind of flip-flop between the two.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's any rule that you can't do amateur nationals. If you've been on a pro team. I don't hmm. think so. There might be though. Okay. That would make sense. But. Um, no, probably not. But then. If you're like. Like. Th- you Sometimes amateur nationals. Is before pro nationals. And if you're top 10. Or something. In the crit. At amateur nationals. Then you can do the crit. At the pro nationals. And then sometimes. They let some teams into the crit. But not the road race. But. When I was on an amateur team, I paid attention to like the rules a lot more than I do now because I can't even go to amateur nationals, so I yeah, I don't really care what the rules are. But they hmm. like in twenty like eighteen and twenty nineteen, it was like five amateur teams got to do pro nationals. So then it was like ranked on the like the pro road tour points was who got to do pro nationals. Hmm. So they kind of made it like a, a like a. Competition between teams to get into the race. But then last year, because there were so little pro teams and like it was COVID, so we didn't even have any races before pro nationals, they just, I think they just let anybody do it. You have to be like a Cat One or you have to be a domestic elite team or something.
1: So, gotcha.
2: Cool, man. I'll be cheering for you.
1: <laughs> Anything else about armed
2: forces? Was there any drama that you want to talk about? No. I mean, they didn't let us into parking. <laughs> what? On Sunday, they gave us a parking pass and everything at the hotel. And then we show up, and they don't let us park on the, in the infield. And all the other teams have, like, all these tents taking up all the parking spots. And then we went one, three, four in the race and won the Omnium.
0: Dude, one uh, of your wildlife teammates was at unbound i rode with him for a little bit oh
2: yeah yeah kent was there Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: i forgot about that i should yeah i should have asked him about about about
0: halfway through the race i was riding with him and he's he we were like asking for time gaps to the leaders and he's like yeah if we're more than 15 minutes down i'm just gonna call it like quit (laughs) i don't don't know what he meant i don't know if he meant he just like You know, easy pedal to the finish or quit or I I don't know how he finished either, but.
2: It sounded like he was like just doing it to compete in it. Yeah. then, like once you get in the race, obviously you're going to like try as hard as you can, but.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Unbound doesn't
1: seem like the kind of race that would be fun to just go do for fun.
2: (laughs) Well, then why are all these people doing it for fun? I, I don't yeah. understand. I, don't know. <laughs> it's I, I not mean, I, fun
0: to me. I mean, I think it's it's like it's like uh, finishing a marathon or something, right? It's uh, yeah, sort of like you know, here's something that I accomplished. I rode 200 miles of gravel. Um, I think that's how a lot of people look at it.
1: Yeah, but you don't you don't just say like I'm going to go have a fun day on the bike. There's a lot more fun things you could do.
0: Yeah, I mean personally, I I find unbound to be fun i know a lot of people really disagree yeah
1: but part of it is because you're (laughs) you're competing and like Mm -hmm. you're pushing yourself
0: sure i probably wouldn't drive to the middle of kansas to go shred some some kansas grav just by myself but the Mm -hmm. race makes it fun
1: all right well let's switch to unbound this sounds way more exciting um hey so one question i have so i saw on alex wild posted like a picture and it looked like he was he was like riding over some like Knocked down bridge or something was that was that part of the race or i, I couldn't tell if that was like hmm. in the race or uh, that was just a random picture
0: i mean there's plenty of sketchy creek crossings in the race could have been one of those there is a wooden bridge it's not knocked down but um okay there was actually a rider down and like seriously injured when i pa- passed the wooden bridge i think it was a hundred mile rider um and uh yeah it there's there's plenty of sketchy creek crossings, especially this year when it rained. But like they, didn't day. they
1: change the course to avoid some of those? So the course was going to be 204
0: miles, and then they avoided some of the really dangerous creek crossings. Apparently, um, and it got knocked down to 200 miles flat. So mm. if there was if there was any year to go sub 10, it was definitely this year with the southern route which is apparently faster, and the fact that it's 200 miles flat instead of, like, 204 or 206, how it usually is. And, uh, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the times were insanely fast, despite it being super muddy, which you think would slow it
2: down. but Yeah, everything I saw, all the footage I saw, it looked like people were going slow. Well, so, so the, the,
0: yeah, granted the camera crews are going to be at the gnarliest mud sections, right? They're not going to be on the, the chill sections, which is the majority of the race. Um, but so apparently, so last year the, the race went North and I think the year before that it went North as well. And I think when it goes North, the terrain is a little bit slower and there's a higher risk of flatting, uh, which is why so many people got flats last year. Um, and, and people are saying, I, I've heard people say that the really fast times this year is just because it's the Southern route, but people are forgetting that this is not the first time that the race has gone South. In fact, the last time that the race went South was in 2018 and I was at that race and Ted King's winning time was 10:45. So it's not like you go South and automatically everyone's time is going to be super fast. Um, I, think, so I do, think. probably do you think
2: like the level is just higher or something?
0: Well, I think I think there's two things. So the mud definitely didn't help. I think that if it had been less muddy, obviously it would have been faster. But I think there's two things. I think the level every single year just gets higher, and this year is the high the highest level it's ever been. Last year was the highest level it had ever been before that. It's just like every single year. You know, now, now there's guys from Europe coming to race it. Right. (laughs) So, so it's, it's the highest level it's ever been, which is part of it. And then I think the other part of it, um, is that it was cool. Usually unbound is a really hot race. And I think people just, just, you know, they just die in the heat in the second half of the race. And, uh, it wasn't hot. I mean, if anything, it was kind of cold. Um, I think it rained out there, and I think maybe the high was in the upper seventies. But the fact that you were drenched with rainwater, like there's no, there was no overheating, right? So, I think that was a huge factor. Um, so even though the course was muddy from the rain, I think the rain actually helped the average speed be higher because people weren't overheating like they normally do.
2: So you yeah, went so- to Texas for like a month, and it wasn't even hot.
0: <laughs> yeah it was completely useless i was riding in 95 degrees in texas every single day and there was no point in being heat acclimated i mean maybe a little bit like maybe it helped a little bit with my blood volume and everything but like it wasn't hot so there there wasn't a point in that but um
1: were you cold ever at all like did you like did yeah people, were people wearing warmers and when stuff? it was
0: uh no because in the morning it wasn't raining and it wasn't <clears throat> i mean it wasn't that cold it was i don't know sixty. Uh, But like midway through the race, it started pouring rain and I was, I was a little bit cold. I could have used arm warmers or something.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I, so I, I like tuned in to, uh, the live feed, like shortly after that went live. Um, Mm -hmm. but before that I like went on Instagram and just like flicked through all the live updates, whatever that Unbound was doing on their Instagram page, uh, which was pretty good actually. Um, and they said when the live feed first came on the announcers were saying that the first 75 miles the average speed was 25 miles an hour was that accurate
0: no it wasn't
1: <laughs> okay cuz i i, mean, it's I just thought not. that seemed <laughs> i thought that seemed way excessive i mean like 23 i could see but 25 so miles can, an hour I, no it if anything,
0: the average speed was actually faster in the second half of the race. I think because the second half of the race had a slight tailwind. Mm. But um, y- you can go to the results page and look at Ivar Slick, the dude who won. Um, he, You can look at his his average speed splits and the the highest it ever was was like maybe it was 22 for one section, but I think it was in the 20s and 21s for most of the sections. It was never 25. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I thought that seemed kind of crazy. Because that would mean, like, the winning speed was like twenty one and a half miles an hour for the whole mm-hmm. thing. So that would have meant that they like severely dropped off that pace after seventy five miles.
0: Yeah, it didn't they seem didn't, like it. They didn't drop off the pace. I think the the second hundred miles was actually faster than the first hundred miles, which is like unheard of at Unbound. Almost always at Unbound, the first hundred is faster than the second hundred. And again, I think that's just because it gets hot in this in the second half of the day and the, the speeds drops drop because people's power drops off with the heat. True. Sure.
1: So with the competition being so much higher this year, was there more chaos at the front like earlier on in the race? Just cause there were yeah. more people that were up there? There
0: were crashes. There were crashes. So I was I was doing kind of a unique pacing strategy. So I didn't actually spend a lot of time at the front. But from what I saw in the first twenty miles, there were there were a lot of crashes and people Mm. getting flats. Obviously, I mean that always happens. But um, yeah, was your
2: unique pacing strategy?
0: Like, both times I've done Unbound, I have felt fine in the first hundred miles. Not fine, but you know, felt good enough in the first hundred miles. And then the second hundred miles is where it hits you and you crack and that's like 95% of people's experience. If you ask if you ask most people who are trying to win the race and stay with the front group how their unbound went, they'll be like, yeah, cracked in the second half. It's it's like universal. Yeah, right? no shit. <laughs> right. It's 215. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, so I so I was like I was like I'm going to try to prevent this from happening by riding at I'm going to try to do even splits. I'm going to try to do 20 miles per hour for the first 100 and the second 100. 20 miles per hour is last year's winning average speed. And I was thinking, if I have even splits for this race as opposed to burning a bunch of energy in the first half and then dying in the second half, I'll bet you I can catch a lot of people in the second half and finish pretty well. Um, And uh, the plan went perfectly. I averaged 20 for both halves. Uh I just didn't anticipate that the win- that everybody else's average speed would be so high. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and also it wasn't hot, so people didn't die in the second half like they usually do. So, um I ended up 25th. Um didn't have a lot of issues out there. There was tw- there were two times where I heard air coming out of my tire, but the sealant got it. And then there was one time where i went off course for about two miles and had to get back on so instead of doing 200 flat i had like 202 miles so
2: does do they mark the course at all like any major intersections or anything or is it all on your head unit
0: no it's all on your head unit (laughs) the whole thing the whole thing yeah then not not one bit of it is marked
2: Do you do you bring a spare head unit with you in case yours breaks or something?
0: Well, my head unit lasts the whole race, but I imagine that if you're one of these finishers that's like taking you know 20 hours to finish, that's definitely a consideration.
1: Yeah, like what if you crash and it you know busts on the gravel or something? Yeah, that too. I mean, um, I guess they've got Q sheets and stuff. You could probably pull that up.
0: Yeah, I know some people. have run uh or have had a spare head unit with them like you know just like they have just like they have a spare tube they've got a second head unit um you know i think i think i saw colin strickland from last year his bike check had that i don't know if we're allowed to say his name but (laughs) um he still exists (laughs) he still exists yeah
2: so was this was it um it was live streamed, right?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I on guess so.
2: Down? Yeah, yeah. And so the it was, the live it was on like what Flow Sports or something? Yeah, it was on mm-hmm. Flow
1: Sports. The live feed came on six hours into the race. Okay. Mm.
2: I'd even try to watch it because as soon as it's Flow Sports, I'm always just like, ah, eh, you got to pay for that. So. Yeah. yeah I, I've
1: heard. I've heard mixed. <laughs> Unfortunately, things about you don't get what you're paying for either. I've heard. I mean, mixed mixed yeah. Thing,
0: yeah. Mixed things about the coverage, and I've. I've tried to contact them to get uh, footage to make videos, um, which I think would be beneficial for them because I would give them a shout-out. I'd be like, hey, this footage is from Flow Sports. Go subscribe to Flow Sports. Thanks for the footage. And they are not very responsive, which is a bit frustrating. So cool. um, so I don't, I don't even try at this point. I just use my own footage, but...
2: Did you do any filming out there while you were racing this time?
0: Yeah, I had I had a really small camera with me. It was it's like that twenty five gram, um, uh, what's it called? InstaGo. So Does that last
1: for ten hours.
0: No, it doesn't. I have it <laughs> I have it set to uh record for thirty seconds and then turn off. So I just get snippets of the race. If something's interesting, it happens, I reach down, turn it on real quick, and I don't even have to turn it off. It turns off automatically after thirty seconds of recording. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because that way you don't you know, so many people with GoPros, they turn turn it on trying to get a quick, quick bite and then they forget about it. And then all of a sudden they've recorded the first two hours of the race and they've got they've got not like they didn't have any footage from the rest of the race. So okay.
1: so did you get some footage from when it was like torrential downpouring?
0: I think so. Hopefully Sweet. hopefully the camera still works cuz it definitely got <laughs> soaked. My whole bike is just thrashed. Like I uh, there was one section that was so it, it was like trying to ride on ice. I don't I, I, Andrew I was riding with Andrew Lesby and he rode this section which I'm I still don't know how he did it I I was trying to ride this section and like I crashed my arrow bars went straight into the mud my whole handlebars were just covered with mud I could like barely grip them after that um, That's
2: what you get for using arrow bars
0: yeah we should talk about aero bars because because if there was any drama from the weekend it was definitely <laughs> arrow bar drama <laughs> There's all there every single year. There's aero bar drama at at Unbound, and it so, and this year did not d- disappoint, in my opinion.
1: So the fact that you rode sub ten hours and still had like to deal with some chaos. I mean, that's mm-hmm. crazy.
0: Well, at, at Unbound is about chaos. People need to realize that you're not gonna have a perfect race at Unbound. You're gonna have a flat. You're gonna bonk. You're gonna crack. Something's gonna happen with your bike, like like mechanically uh i i did have my gears skipping really bad for about 20 miles early on in the race and i was like dude do i have a bent link like literally every pedal stroke my gears are skipping and when i got to the aid station i just threw some lube on it and that fixed it luckily but it it's like it's like one of these races where there something bad is going to happen to you so it's just if you're gonna do that race, you got to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Um, do you want to? Did you want to talk about like your bike setup at all? Like, did you do anything different with your bike setup this year? Well, what was the drama with the aero bars? <laughs> we'll get to that. Man. We'll, we'll get there. That's part of the bike setup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scott's just sitting in the corner. He's like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scott's got his aero bar boxing gloves on right now. So.
0: <laughs> I, I don't th- I don't think I can talk much about my bike setup um, but uh, if if you stay tuned to what factors got coming, uh, you'll know all about it soon enough.
2: Oh like, do, God, you,
1: do you lame. run like electronic shifting or, or mechanical shifting?
0: Electronic shifting and I think that's probably important when it's muddy because your the cables yeah. can get gunked up with mud and then it's hard to shift yeah cool and i i usually run road shoes but i'm really glad i didn't because i had to walk a couple sections
2: but you were do you run do you ever run road pedals
0: yeah i actually i I take that back i actually ran road shoes but with mountain bike pedals
1: okay that's what i was gonna Um, ask because you had like the giro lace-up shoes on didn't you
0: giro lace-up shoes with the crank brothers three-hole adapter to crank brothers egg beater pedals
2: uh you ran crank brothers pedals. What? Those things gotta be dead for sure.
0: Yeah, they're blown, dude. The whole bike, by- like my my front wheel. If you spin it, it does about one rotation before it stops.
1: Dude, do you know how many watts that is? It's a lot, dude. I don't want to think about it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
0: it's funny. So, if if you listen to the Matchbox podcast. You know Drew Dillman, um, him and I go back and forth on the on the marginal gains conversation. I'm a marginal gains guy. He he's the kind of guy who's like marginal gains. Why don't you just pedal harder, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we had an interesting text conversation going about this this sub ten hour finish because I I finished like a minute and some change under ten hours. It was like nine fifty eight something. Any one of these marginal gains that. That uh, Drew is constantly rolling his eyes at could have been the difference there between getting a sub ten hour and not getting a sub ten hour. So,
1: yeah, but clearly the the biggest marginal gain had to be the arrow bars. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the drama started with a uh, Pete Stetna started this email chain about the arrow bars and the title of the, the email ch- chain. Yeah email chain with kind of like probably who he thought was going to be in the top 20, right? Um it didn't include it was it didn't include everyone but just the people he thought were going to be competition, I guess. Were you included? I wasn't included in the original one, but Ian Boswell uh forwarded the whole email chain to me. So <laughs> um so I got I got to see all the emails. Um
1: you must have known you were going to be top 25. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I think
0: that so Pete Stetna's stance on arrow bars is kind of, he's not pro or against arrow bars. He's kind of like, uh, you know, if everyone's going to run them, then I want to run them. But if no one's going to run them, then I don't need to run them. Whereas I'm like, I will run arrow bars if it's an advantage. I don't care what anyone says and people like Jeff Kabush is, I, is like, I will not run arrow bars no matter what anyone else is doing, right? So there are two opposite sides of the spectrum are me and Jeff Kabush on arrow bars. And then Pete, I would say, he's he's like in the middle, right? Um, so he, start, he starts this email chain and the title of the email chain is Aero Bars comma democracy. And I guess what he's trying to do is be like, are you guys running arrow bars? Should we make a petition to not run arrow bars? Like, what is the consensus here? And I feel like, I feel like the people who were running, who were gonna run arrow bars, just didn't want to speak up. And the people who were not gonna run arrow bars were very vocal about how they didn't want to run arrow bars. So, you know, I don't know, like Payson, Ted King, Ted King wasn't even there, but you know, some 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 real arrow bar haters spoke up and they were like, we're not running arrow bars, uh, you know, which is fine. And, and so the consensus was kind of like, okay, no arrow bars. Right. And then I don't, I don't know what happened in between that, but then Pete put out a video, uh, and he was on his Instagram the day before. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to run like the full on arrow bars, but I'm going to run these mini, these sort of like mini arrow bars. Uh as <laughs> well,
2: what <a, laughs> one second. Wouldn't that be worse? Cause like you're using them, but you don't have like a full grip on them. So you're that's like almost the most dangerous thing you could use.
0: Yeah, he was saying it's it's less dangerous than doing the the puppy paws thing that got banned by the UCI where you're just laying your forearms yeah. on the bar and not grabbing onto anything. Uh which I guess is true. But um you know, I, I don't know. People can debate about what is more or less safe, the mini arrow bars or the full arrow bars or no arrow bars. Um to be I'll I'll be honest, I think when people bring up safety, they're not actually concerned about safety. They just don't want to look lame. That's that's my honest opinion.
2: Also, when it comes to safety, like it's a dangerous sport right (laughs) (laughs) exactly like like exactly are you gonna like are you gonna
0: ban like drafting too close to someone because you know they could stop suddenly and you run into the back of them or yeah i've
2: I've heard people in the last like couple weeks complaining about like certain crit courses and stuff and i'm like there's a reason like you have breaks right yeah yeah they can make it you know a little safer with barriers and stuff but Right. If you just yeah. want to race on a straight highway or something, then that's like lame. So <laughs> yeah. if you I don't mean, want to it, crash, then don't go to the rate. Don't compete. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's kind of like when the UCI banned the, the super tuck and a lot, I, I was like, why are they banning the super tuck? I mean, I don't even know of somebody who's crashed using the super tuck. They were just anticipating that someone would. Right. Um, and I was just like, i was like well if you think it's too dangerous you don't have to super tuck if you don't want to yeah. you know
2: well they banned the super tuck i think because like they didn't want people seeing that on tv and then trying it when they don't know what they're doing like at home and right. crashing
0: so that's so that's uh that's anti arrow bar guys that's their same argument which i which you know makes sense like if we if if the pros know how to use arrow bars and aren't going to crash with arrow bars, whatever. But then there's going to be a bunch of other people who want to copy what the pros are doing, and they're going to run arrow bars, and they're not going to know how to use them. You know, fair enough. But like, um, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of in agreement with you. Like, cyclists have to take risks sometimes. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, you're signing up for a 200 mile race.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the risk of like severe dehydration when it's a hot race is probably way higher than accidentally crashing with your aero bars.
2: Or even getting like run over by like a deer or a cow or something out there is probably <laughs> more likely than to yeah, crash because you're in an aero. There,
1: there was a pack of, a of deer that, that, that ran across the road. I think it was in front of Sophia. Lauren, um, like Lauren DiCrescenzo
0: has a video. A deer ran like an inch
1: in front of her. Oh, maybe that's who it was. Maybe it was Lauren. But yeah, like yeah. pretty late in the race too. Like almost, almost took her out. Right
2: now, that combo between a deer and being in the arrow bars, well, she was, the brakes bad she, was,
0: she was in the arrow bars, and the deer <laughs> ran yeah. in front of her, yeah. so like, yeah, anyway, so and 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 the thing that I get that. I wanna emphasize here is that how handlebars should look on a bike is completely arbitrary. If, if every single road bike got sold with aero bars and that was just standard equipment for road bikes, no one would think that aero bars are ugly because that that's what they're used to. It's kinda of like when 29ers came into mountain biking and everybody was like, oh, 29ers look so ugly. And now if you see a 26 inch wheeled bike, you're like, is that a kid's bike? <laughs> you know, Probably. um, so it's like this. This whole this whole thing, like, oh, they don't look cool or whatever. It's it's a complete that's completely arbitrary. They would look cool if everyone did them. If every pro ran arrow bars at gravel races, people would be like, if you showed up without arrow bars on your gravel bike, people would be like, what is this guy a noob? You know mm. what I mean? <laughs> so, it that that's that's completely arbitrary in my opinion.
2: Um, what? Just like that? It looks ugly. That it looks ugly. Yeah. That's like an actual argument.
0: Yes, it's an actual argument, and in my opinion, people use
2: against arrow bars.
0: I I've seen it online. I've seen people (laughs) say that, and also this is a this is not a like beauty pageant. It's a bike race. Like who cares?
1: (laughs) I will say I I do think those shorter arrow bars do look pretty sick compared to like the big Mm. praying mantis looking arrow bars. Like, I think the bike looks way cooler with those short ones. Okay. Sure. But yeah. Um, um, so I mean, like, so going back to the arrow bar thing, I mean, just look at how many guys were running arrow bars and where they finished, like of the top 10, what eight guys were running arrow bars or something like that. Seven guys. It's a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, um, I don't know. It's it Right. It It's an advantage. Um, I was having a, a conversation with Ian Boswell that, to me, this is actually a way more interesting conversation than whether or not aero bars are in the spirit of gravel or whether they're safe or not. Like, that's stuff that I'm like, ugh, like eye roll, right? But this was a way more interesting conversation that I had with Ian Boswell about whether or not they're actually an advantage. Um, so check this out. If you... Th- AeroCoach did some testing on aero aero bars, all all these different positions. When you're not using your aero bars, like you're just riding, and you have aero bars on your bike, but you're not using them, that's actually pretty un-aerodynamic. And it's costing you, according to them, nine watts at whatever speed they tested it at. So... And and when you're using the arrow bars versus a arrow hoods position, which is arguably the most arrow position you can get in with normal handlebars, it's like a 17-watt difference between the arrow hoods position and the arrow bars position, right? So so now you're thinking, okay, arrow bars are costing me nine watts if I'm not using them, but I'm saving 17 watts when I am using them. So now it's like, okay, let's, somebody could easily do some, and apparently Specialized has done this, do some calculations where you're like, okay, how much time in this race do I need to spend in the arrow bars for them to actually be faster? Because there's definitely a point at which I'm not spending enough time in the arrow bars and they're actually slowing me down. I don't know exactly where that point is, but I saw a ton of people out there who had arrow bars on their bike and were just not using them, ever. Versus me, like I spend time training in the aero bars and if I'm on the front pulling or I'm solo and it's not a climb, I'm using them pretty much. Or if it's some technical downhill, like I'm pretty much exclusively in my aero bars if I'm hitting the wind, right? So th- to me, that's a more interesting conversation than like, is it safe? Is it in the spirit of gravel? You know, like I don't, I don't care about that. I think the spirit of the spirit of gravel is a meme at this point, right?
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like what there's all these pros doing it, or you know, supposed mm-hmm. pros, and it's like the most talked about race in the right. country, basically. Yeah, but so it, one thing
1: I noticed with um, Ian Boswell was interesting. Uh, he was running a hip hydration pack instead of a backpack. Did you see that? yeah he
0: ran that at gravel locos and he his reason I talked to him about that as well His reasoning was that a he thought that the I don't know if he's tested this or not um, but this is what he told me is that he thought the hip pack was more aerodynamic than having a pack on your back
1: and so, I think it'd be less fatiguing because you don't have as much sure, weight sure. down on your on your back
0: yeah um, probably probably uh, cooler as well yeah oh, totally. Not that, not that being and easier to get off. Like, like if you need to
1: swap one out or or you just want to ditch it. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good idea.
2: Has anyone does any is anyone running like a like a camelback bladder, like stuffed down their jersey, or have like a custom jersey that has a Um, pocket in it for a bladder or anything instead of running a a camelback?
0: I don't know of anyone who's doing that.
1: I I Yeah, I've heard of the custom like jersey thing with like the with having like a sleeve in your jersey or something like that. Yeah. It makes it more I mean, dynamic. I don't know anything
2: about aerodynamics, but that would think I would think yeah. that, that would be more aerodynamic. Yeah. And I'm surprised
1: there are more people doing like custom frame bags with a hydration bladder in it or something like that.
0: Yeah, Colin Strickland, I thought that his solution last year was genius. To Is that, be what, did with you Did he do that? He had a custom frame bag with a bladder in it, and and he's not the only one who runs a frame bag with a bladder, but his looked like it improved the air. I mean, you know, not tested, right? But his looked like it improved the aerodynamics of the bike, not you know, not made it worse, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But
1: it, did you if, run a hydration pack at all?
0: It, it wasn't hot enough. Like I had four bottles with me, and that was. That was plenty. At no point was I running out of fluid.
1: Where do you, where do you fit four bottles at?
0: Three on the frame and one in my back pocket. Okay. Honestly, I could have gotten away with just the three on the frame; would have been fine. Um. Yeah, I. If if it was a hot race, I'd probably need even more liquid than four bottles. But it it wasn't hot; it wasn't necessary. Um. But if we if we go back to this email chain real quick, so so people people are people are kind of deciding and i think that the only one who gave pushback on the actual email chain is uh this guy jasper from holland who won gravel locos and he's an arrow bar guy in fact i think he's got like some i don't know three three printed arrow bars they look they're like the kind that mold to your forearm right Mm -hmm. um like they look like they're
1: straight up off of a world tour time trial bike nice is he one of the uh, Dutch Mafia guys that they were talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> so Hopefully they so, don't hunt us down now.
0: <laughs> no, they seem like they're nice dudes. Uh, I've talked to Jasper a little bit. but he he gave a, I think he gave a little bit of pushback on the email chain, but he was really the only pro-AeroBart guy to do so. My teammate, Adam Roberge, texted me, and he was like, what do you think about this email chain? And I was like, I don't care what anyone else thinks about aero bars. They're going to be on my bike if it's not against the rules. And he was like, yeah, man, that that's awesome. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I texted him and I was like, I hope that they all decide not to run aero bars because it's a less of an advantage for them and more of an advantage for me. Like, you know. Um, but anyway, so, so Pete... Pete ends up running these small arrow bars. And then there was like, I I think Payson put up a post, which I thought was hilarious. And he's an anti arrow bar guy, but I, I love this post where he was talking about, um, he was like, he was like something about how, you know, these guys are going against our gentlemen's agreement, not to run arrow bars with like some small arrow bars that for some reason don't count. And then it's a picture of him doing like the Superman pose on his bike and he's like, this is the only arrow advantage I need. Um, (laughs) like really poking fun at probably Pete, I would have to imagine. I mean, granted, uh, Keegan and Russell were also running these mini arrow bars when they said they weren't going to. Um, but I feel like if it was, if that post was poking fun at anyone, it was probably Pete. Um, so you know, I mean, I get, I get where I get where Pete's coming from. Like he cares about this race and he, he doesn't want to give up an advantage, but it's just, it's just kind of like, I, my mentality is like, I don't care if you run arrow bars and I don't care if you don't run arrow bars. It's like gravel is kind of cool because there's no rules and it's sort of run what you brung. Like if you want to ride a fat bike, you can ride a fat bike. If you want to try to make it through Unbound on a freaking time trial bike, try to do that. You're probably going to get a flat, but like, you know, it's like whatever, whatever bike you want to try to ride at Unbound, do it, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So what was was even the point of the email chain just to talk about it? Well, I... Or was there an opinion?
0: The opinion was like, let's all band together to make like a petition that us front runners are not going to run aero bars. But then... Then there were enough people running arrow bars that it was kind of like, ah, screw it, we're running arrow bars anyway.
2: <laughs> so, like the people yeah. who started the email chain ran arrow bars still. So. Yes, Correct.
0: they did. Um, so I don't know I,
1: <laughs> arrow arrow nubs. I don't. I mean, I don't know what you. They're. I mean, they're just like they're, they were those far right, the far yeah. carbon ones, or whatever. Um, and I've seen those before. And I do think they look cool, um, but yeah, they're just like it's like a little like um, like horseshoe basically that sticks out from the center of your bar, and they're like yeah, it barely it barely surpasses the length of like your computer mount.
0: Right, and it's a pretty nifty product too because you know going back to, to what I was talking about, where if you're not actually using your arrow bars, it's costing you it's costing you watts because having arrow bars and not using them is pretty unaerodynamic. These small bars that are just kind of like in the front of your bike are probably not adding that much to your CDA. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. So if, if you don't use them, it's probably not that big a deal versus normal aero bars, like bulky, long aero bars, are definitely costing you something if you don't touch them.
1: Yeah, so when I was watching the live feed, and there was like I think five guys with you know that were part of the – uh, the front group with, I don't know, 10 or 15 miles to go or something like that. Um, they kept mentioning how the winner, I, is it Ivar Slick? That's his name, right? Ivar or Ivar. Um, or yeah. Yeah. So they kept mentioning like, oh, yeah, it looks like Ivar is, uh, you know, he's not, he's not pulling through. He's not, you know, he must be hurt and he must be suffering or maybe he's trying to save his energy. But if you looked close enough, he was just sitting on the back in his arrow mm. bars. Like he wasn't, mm. he wasn't rotating because he was in his arrow bars the whole time. Um, mm. Yeah, And, and he was the only one that was doing that. I mean, which sure,
0: sure. I mean, it worked. I yeah. Guess. I, mean, I mean,
1: he, he had more I mean, energy in the sprint.
0: Say saving energy for the sprint for sure. Um, I mean, he, he's, well, he's, he's uh, definitely the biggest guy in that group. I don't know how much he weighs, but I mean, I saw the podium. Um, we're talking about Keegan Boswell, uh ten dam and alexi those those four dudes are not that big i mean this guy probably outweighed them by 20 pounds uh that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a sprint there's plenty of big guys that aren't good at sprinting but yeah he's not a good guy to toe to the line
2: back to the email chain um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he, if he only if he only emailed the top 20 guys like or what mm-hmm. was it all Men or was there females? Oh, dude, this. I'm
0: glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. So I thought I thought about responding. Uh, so I didn't I didn't respond to the email at all. I'm like I'm running arrow bars. Don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm running them. So I just didn't respond. But this is what I thought about responding. I was like, I thought about responding. Why didn't you include Lauren DiCrescenzo, last year's winner, who won with Aero bars, or any of the other women for that matter? Um. Like, do you care about preserving the essence of gravel or whatever, or do you just care about losing an advantage to your competition? You know what I mean? Because totally. if, if we're trying, if we're trying to put on this show, like, hey, we don't, you know, uh, people who are winning this race don't need arrow bars, so you shouldn't need arrow bars too. Then you should get the women on board, right? You should get the women on board with not running arrow bars because pe- people look up to the women as well. Like, what are the women doing? Um, they're not running arrow bars. Okay. I'm not going to run arrow bars, but actually when you know, Sophia ran arrow bars, Lauren de ran arrow bars. I think it makes a lot of sense in the women's field because, um, probably, you know, the men's race, uh, for the past two years has come down to a sprint finish. You don't necessarily need arrow bars if you're in a pack all the way to the finish and then you have to sprint. But if you're spending time out there solo, like Sophia did or like Lauren de Crescenzo did arrow bars are really helpful. So
2: yeah, I totally agree. But again, going back to the email chain, cause I think this is really interesting. Um, <laughs> shouldn't he be like emailing if the issue is safety, mm-hmm. the people he emailed are probably the people who are the most, what do you call it? Like they're not going to crash using arrow bars it's all the yeah. amateur riders who have less experience it's the most experienced and most skilled riders in the race right that are arguing over the arrow bars when yeah i they mean can handle it right i mean it's I this
0: mean, like i said it's the same thing as the super tuck argument right so a pro can do a super tuck and be fine but we don't want you know kids at a junior race doing a super tuck and crashing i mean they're making the the, the argument is the same for the aero bars like a pro can ride arrow bars no problem you know, so, somebody else, to, you know, who's not as good a bike handler might might mess themselves up running arrow bars.
2: You know, it would be a good spin-off to make the Lifetime Grand Prix even more exclusive is that only Lifetime Grand Prix entrance or whatever can mm-hmm. use arrow bars and <laughs> other people competing in the race can't use arrow bars.
0: <laughs> I'm actually I'll be honest. I'm actually worried that they're going to do it the other way around. I'm actually worried that that they're going to say lifetime Grand Prix riders can't run aero bars. Everybody else can, Uh, which would suck, in my opinion. I so I've I've also heard pros say, I, you know, like, man, I wish that arrow bars were just banned so that it would make our decision easier. Like if they were banned, I'd totally be on board with them banning them. But since they're not banned, I got to run them because everyone else is running them. That's not my opinion. I don't want them to right. ban them.
1: Well, in your opinion, is like the decision's easy. If they're mm-hmm. legal, you're running them. If they're illegal,
0: yeah,
2: you're not. I mean, you know, like,
0: that's it, it, the, so uh, the analogy that I make a lot, and I w- and and the, I feel like the World Tour has this mentality, and and people are like, oh, let, like let's not bring World Tour mentality into gravel. It's like gravel can be for anyone. Gravel can be for for somebody just trying to finish who's having a fun day out there. You know, the last thing that they're thinking about is aerodynamics. They're just trying to make it to the finish, right? And and gravel can be for somebody who's arrowed out trying to get the fastest time possible, right? Gravel's for everyone. But anyway, so, so I feel like the World Tour has this mentality, and motor racing definitely has this mentality. And I think this is such a cool mentality to have, where in motor racing, like, you know, F1... MotoGP, gp any sort of car racing any sort of motorcycle racing they are doing whatever they can within the rules to make their car or motorcycle as fast as possible within yeah. the rules why would you not do that with bike racing why would you not say okay what is the fastest bike that i can possibly have it unbound within the unbound rules i can't have a motor all right but I can have arrow bars. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Like, okay. You can't run aero bars in, in pro road racing. Cause it's against the rules, but that's not a rule in gravel. Like in my mind, I, I ran aero bars at my very first gravel race and it was, it was a no brainer for me. I was like, arrow bars are faster done. They're on my bike. I, I didn't even have to think twice about it. Um, it's actually. It, I'll be honest. It's very interesting to see people's opinion about this this whole arrow bar situation because I feel like it kind of gives you an insight into how they think about racing. If you know what I mean. Um, like I, I I I'll be honest. I have a really hard time understanding the mentality of somebody who's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna run arrow bars. Whatever." Like it's, it's like me trying to struggle to understand where Drew is coming from when he's like, eh, I'll just pedal harder. I don't need aero socks. I'm like, just put them on, dude. Just put them on and you'll go
1: faster. You, you can do both.
0: <laughs> right. Like I, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me to understand that mentality to be honest with you. But, but it's, it's interesting to me. It's almost like, you know, I, um, it's like, it's, it's like psychology, right? You know, how, yeah, I mean, how are in people some ways about bike racing
1: in some ways, I, I'm envious of those people because I'm, I'm similar to you, Dylan. Like I, I geek out on all things gear related. Like I always want to have the best stuff if I can, or at least the stuff that's going to make the most difference. Mm. Um, I, but I envy someone who just like, who can roll up on like their Kmart bike and still kind of kick ass, you know, Dude, like, we're talking about Scott right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude,
0: <laughs> scott is like scott is like uh oh dude it's got wheels it'll be fun
1: <laughs> scott that's scott like, ran road shoes in his first uci cyclocross race last year like, that's
2: just because i didn't have mountain bike shoes that's scott what i mean is, like, Scott has I would one won. i would
1: have probably not shown up to that cyclocross race because i didn't have mountain bike shoes <laughs> Scott Scott has
0: won a collegiate downhill mountain bike race on like a blown out Cannondale (laughs) Scalpel XC bike.
2: Yeah, but if I had a better bike, I would have ran it.
0: Right, sure. I'm
2: just not. I guess that makes sense. Like I'm just not. I'm gonna do it because it's fun, right? Right. (laughs) And you don't let it like you know get in your head. Yeah, it doesn't get. It doesn't affect. Yeah, it doesn't phase you. Yeah, yeah. Or else you're like losing the race before you start it.
1: Right. Yeah, We're yeah, like, if, sure. if, if Dylan's, if the morning of unbound, Dylan went to pull up his aero socks and both of them ripped in half, he would have probably been thinking about that for like the first four hours. of Unbound.
2: <laughs> right. Dude, I have a problem actually pu- putting on socks too violently and just ripping them.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I've it, got it, like an issue. You, you I need ha- to like
2: chill out with my socks.
0: <laughs> Dude, you do have to be very careful about putting on the aero socks. You got to do it gingerly. um but yeah i mean i so like i as far as the arrow bar conversation is going we don't have to spend this entire episode talking about arrow bars i feel like we already i mean
2: we pretty much already have
0: so i know but. but uh i mean i like i get where pete's coming from but but i i don't know it's it's just interesting for me to to see where see where other people's heads are at in this conversation because it's something that I that I it's like I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't want an advantage, right? Well, it's it's like somebody's like email. It's like somebody's like here's an advantage, would you like it? And people are like, "Nah, I'm good. I don't need it." I'm like, "Why? Why would you not take it?" <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about like a questionable supplement or. Yeah, or, but. You know, I don't want to say a drug, but like.
0: But there's a point like, at which it goes against the rules, right? So. Yeah, I,
2: but then I, there, the, like uh, Tramadol was banned a couple years ago, and people mm-hmm. were taking that in the Peloton. And then I could see the riders like banning together, almost like forming a union. That's what this email chain sounds like. It's like a gravel oh, yeah. union almost. Yeah. And then saying, let's ban this so that we're all safe. Right. Right. Sure. So there, people are still going to use it because they're like, oh, I'm going to get the advantage. But if it was banned, then nobody can use it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going into the area of talking about uh, drugs and when you can and can't take, I mean, I think the line for me is, is it in the rules? It, you know, is it against the rules or is it not against the rules? If something's against the rules, I'm not going to do it. But if it's if it's not against the rules um you know I'm all for it I I don't I this drug that you're referencing right now or supplement or whatever it is I'm not familiar with so I don't know if it's like bad for your oh. health or something I
2: I've, I've never obviously never taken it but it was like making people uh, allegedly making people like drowsy like it makes oh. you real drowsy but it's like a painkiller Gotcha So then p- people say that they were like not like falling asleep, but like losing concentration and causing crashes in the Peloton. And it's like a powerful painkiller. Mm. But then it got banned. I think due to like a lot of riders complaining about it. Same, yeah. Similar to aero bars. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay. But the problem, but gravel isn't like sanctioned. Like, I guess there's the lifetime. Grand well, so,
0: Prix, so, so there are, there are gravel races that just ban aero bars. Yeah. And, and Unbound, but it's like an
2: event to event,
0: right? Unbound not, could do that. But, um, like, for example, the BWR series, you can't run arrow bars for any BWR yeah. race. So,
2: And you're fine with that, right?
0: Yeah, if it's against the rules, then I'm not going to use them, obviously.
2: Obviously.
1: So, okay, so question. <laughs> so those little dinky arrow bars that they used would be banned, considered banned or against the rules at BWR, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So why did they think that it was going to be okay to, like, have this like gentleman's shake on no arrow bars and then show up with those things.
2: Yeah. That's almost worse. Like that's like the worst thing you could do to <laughs> say, let's all not use arrow bars and then show up with arrow
0: bars, <laughs> and then show up with them. Um, like did he yeah. see
2: everyone had arrow bars and like go back to his car and like pop them <laughs> well, on or something?
0: Well, dude, the Dutch mafia guys, like the, the Evar slick guy and, uh, Jasper, they were, they were not giving in. They're like, sorry i'm running arrow bars right and i think that's that's who like the american dudes were the most worried about and rightly so i mean ivar won the race and jasper won gravel locos these dudes are no joke um so they were the most worried about these guys and these guys are like i i don't care i'm running arrow bars so it's like it's got us wor like the americans it's got us worried it's like ah I was not gonna run arrow bars, but the the Dutch mafia is running arrow bars, so I got I have to run them now. You know what I mean?
1: Then why not just go with the full arrow bars, though? Like, that's what I don't yeah. understand. Like yeah. to me, it seemed like they put those little ones on, and I didn't know about this email chain. So I just thought that maybe like Keegan and Russell like tried these things out, and they looked cool or whatever, and mm-hmm. they thought it was like you know maybe a comfort position or something. I didn't know about this email chain or whatever, but. Yeah. To me, it's like if you're if you're not gonna go if you're gonna go against your word, then just go all the way. Like, actually, give yourself the advantage that you're looking for. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't so know. So one thing I gotta say though, so so on the feed they they were talking about the Dutch mafia and Ivar, and they were they were saying like how Ivar is like a marginal gains guy and he like does all these you know things to make mm-hmm. himself more arrow and they were talking about the arrow bars and stuff like that. Um, the, the 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 photo finish of him coming across the line though. Dude, his arms are so hairy. Like, the dude doesn't shave his arms. We were talking about that, like, in, like, middle last week. Because I was asking you, Dylan, if you shaved your arms. Yeah. And I was like, dude, how, how does that guy, like, do everything but shave his arms? He's yeah, do you, remember, do you remember what my response
0: watts. was to do you shave your arms?
1: You said you shave everything.
0: my response was was the minute the minute that i heard that shaving your legs was more arrow and faster i shaved my arms as well there was never a point in my life where i didn't shave both or i i shaved one but not the other right you know I, i never shaved just my legs and kept my arms hairy i was like Shaving your legs is faster? Well, obviously, shaving your arms <laughs> is faster as well, so I'll just do them both. This is what I'm saying about the arrow bars conversation. I was like, oh, aero bars are faster? They're on my bike. End of discussion.
2: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I don't know. Somebody needs to tell him to shave his arms for sure.
1: Well, any more Unbound drama? It doesn't have
2: to do with uh, arrow bars.
0: Um, I thought that uh, Sophia's post after after her win was was pretty hilarious. She was talking about how some journalist uh, was saying that she was a gravel newbie. Like she, they they were talking about the Lifetime series, right? And um, they were saying that Sophia was probably going to do well in the mountain bike races or something, but she's a gravel newbie, right? So probably not. Not a favorite for Unbound, or, or something along those lines, right? And she's like, that got under my skin enough that I made Unbound a priority race for me, and now I'm the queen of gravel. Which is yeah, about pretty a, epic. <laughs> which is about as boss
1: move as you could possibly be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I. You know, she she wasn't. She was obviously on my radar for like women who I thought could do well there but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked her as the winner. Um, yeah,
0: so so I was I was doing this strategy where, you know, I was I was trying to be consistent with my pacing and not blow up, which meant I was in like probably 115th place at mile 25. There were so many people ahead of me cuz I was riding consistently. And then I was just catching people throughout the day. And so When I caught up to her group, she was in, like, the second group of guys on the road, and the group was, like, 15 dudes, and she was just chilling in the back with no other women, and I was like, hold, she is getting such an advantage right now, Um, because I'd I'd passed Lauren DiCrescenzo, like, 15 minutes earlier, and Lauren was by herself, I think, or maybe with a small group of, like, two or three riders, and I was like, dang... Like that's a good position for her to be in right now. Um, I was, I was maybe a little worried that she burnt too many matches to get with that group,
2: but clearly she didn't. Um, so yeah, yeah. I was looking at like the time splits throughout the day and I saw, I think it was Leah Davidson was like up there in like the top 10 Mm -hmm. in a group. And she was the only woman up there in the beginning, but then I'm looking at the results and she finished like an hour and a half behind Sophia.
0: Yeah, that's what I I'm. Don't know if, that's what I'm saying yeah. about this race. Like people, yeah. people will def. It happened less this year, and I think that's because of the heat. But people will definitely go too hard at the beginning, and then just the second half is like a slog to get to the finish. Like you're just right. Barely, it
1: feel, it still feels easy early on. Mm, like right. It, it's no problem to stay in that group, but you just haven't experienced what it's going to feel like eight hours into a race
0: exactly
2: so so if you were trying to even pace your your speed Mm -hmm. would you would that be like a negative split with power because in the beginning Uh, you like have more advantage with drafting no
0: it was actually it actually ended up being a positive split with power and that's because i think the second half of the race the roads are slightly faster and there was a slight tailwind um Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning to positive split with power. If anything, I I would have liked to have negative split with power, but it's just how it ended up. Um but uh the so I recruited like 5 dudes to do this with me. So I wouldn't be alone and only like one the of those start line? No, no, like I texted them like a week before. This was a
2: different email
0: chain. It was a different email chain. <laughs> did like chain. a
2: sub-thread. And I was like, you chain. better run All the guys with arrow.
0: I was like, all you better run arrow bars. <laughs> End of discussion. <laughs> right? And they all they all did have arrow bars. One dude was not going to run them, and I convinced him to run them. Um, but, uh, so a lot of them were my flow teammates, and I hope they don't get mad at me for saying this, but they were not super helpful, to be honest with you. The one dude that was, was helpful... Was uh, this guy Chase who is on that Mazda Lauf team? He stayed with me for like 130 miles, but so it wasn't like it was just the two of us though. Like we kept catching riders who were either either cracked or or like get dropped off the front group, or they had flats or some some other issue. So like we caught Brendan Wirtz, we caught um, we caught Jasper because uh, Jasper had a flat. Um, like we we kept we caught uh, Alex Howes, Andrew Lesby, um probably forgetting some names, but like we caught some strong dudes that were very helpful in the chase. Like there was no part of the day except for the last 20 minutes of the race where I was solo. So, I I, I am kind of scratching my head thinking like what if I had tried to stay with the do the typical strategy of trying to stay with the front group as long as I can? Um, like would I have gotten, like is, would have being in a group of that size been such a drafting benefit that I would have, you know, been, I would have been further up the road when I got dropped and I would have had more of a drafting benefit for more of the race. There's no way to know. Right. Um,
2: because yeah, this, I, mean, I, would, I would think like, you're gonna, it'd be hard to negative split with power, you know, like mm-hmm. you're gonna,
0: positive split right yeah i mean it's not impossible to negative split with
2: power but it's certainly difficult so you might as well it's... like burn a few matches in the beginning to stay with the <laughs> front group yeah i think <laughs> not so burn a match so like you know not so, drop off like easily right
0: yeah i will say that that's that's probably the mentality that most people have and it actually ends up burning them in the second half of the race
2: okay but are people just a little too, like, ambitious with what group they think they'll fit in?
0: I mean, sure. Everybody is a little too ambitious, right? When it's race day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, even, even like, the front group at the end, the front group of five guys, uh, those guys weren't in a lot of the earlier moves there there were there were yeah some long, i think well i, I guess lawrence um lawrence tendam lawrence was um yeah.
0: solo he soloed off the front for a long time yeah uh which is pretty crazy he sent me a, he sent me a message on instagram like i posted about how i just barely got under 10 hours and he's like the race was shortened and i was like <laughs> dude it was still 200 miles of gravel <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I was like, it, yeah. was sh- it was shortened by like four miles, and I went two miles off course, so I only did two less miles than the original if, course. If
1: it was 196 miles, then maybe I could see because it's called the Unbound 200.
0: Right, but it was still but 200, like it be 200
1: miles. Yeah, it shouldn't be 204 miles. It should be 200 miles.
2: But, but if it's like a different course every year...
0: Yeah, I don't know I don't know. I mean we can we can probably wrap it up soon. We're over an hour, but um I'm trying to Yeah, think I think
1: it. at some point we should uh we should talk about the lifetime series a little more in depth I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean we all... we can touch on the lifetime series real quick. Uh
1: no yeah, we'll
2: save it. This is good. I mean we're at an hour already. Yeah, you don't want to get me going too much on the lifetime series. Yeah, we yeah. Uh,
0: honestly we need a <laughs> podcast where we're just talking about the lifetime series because Scott Scott's got plenty to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've got a lot to say. in good ways i've got suggestions for how it could be improved
2: yeah constructive criticism totally right sweet sweet all right
0: well i guess we'll end it
2: there all right let's wrap it up